0: I'm Laura, host of Expand, the podcast for coaches who crave more fulfillment in the work that they do, more meaningful results in the clients they serve, and more confidence to rebel against the traditional boxes our coaching industry has placed us in so we can expand into the bigness of what we're truly capable of. When you're ready, let's jump right in. A student of mine had asked this question that I'm going to read to you now before I dig into the episode today to set the context, to set the frame for what I'm about to share. She said, I have most of my clients track in my fitness pal and I understand that accuracy matters and that if they're not losing weight, then they're not in a deficit, but most seem to be eating in their range with a high focus on protein. I feel like I'm good at asking questions or maybe I'm not asking the right ones, but often I don't know what to do with the answers and how to turn them into action or aha moments for my clients. Now, this is so juicy because there are so many layers to what she's actually asking me here. And I wanna dig into each of them with you because I think that many of you often find yourselves in this exact same scenario where your clients on the surface are doing everything right. And we feel like we're in a position where we need to discover the one thing that they're not doing or that they're doing incorrectly to try and fix it so that they can go on to see consistent weight loss, fat loss, whatever it is that you're working towards. And I really would love to just sit in that and challenge that for a moment, because I want you to be with the idea that can you be okay if you aren't meant to be that for this client? Because if you cannot be okay with the fact that you may not be the one to help them lose weight, then all we're going to do in this scenario is grip onto the pieces that provide certainty for us, like the data, like the metrics, like the things that we can tangibly see and control. And we're going to avoid looking at all of the intangible aspects that feel out of our control, that feel that bring with them a lot of uncertainty, a lot of friction, a lot of emotion, a lot of a lot of layers to the coaching relationship that don't feel predictable. Or like we've been really been trained on how to, to navigate as evidence through what she said here around maybe I'm not asking the right questions. I feel like I'm good at asking questions. Maybe I'm not ask, asking the right ones, right? So I want you to sit with the idea that what if I didn't have to be the one to help everybody lose weight? What would that mean about me? How would that shift the identity that I've created for myself in this industry as being a coach? How would that shift? What makes me truly valuable? If I don't need to be the one anymore to create the physical outcome for every client that I sit with, where does my value now come from? That's a huge question. That's a huge, huge question, but it's an important one because you're not going to be that for everybody. It's impossible to be that for every single client. You are going to have clients who are not meant to be in a weight loss phase with you. They were maybe meant to make another kind of realization with you. But if we're stuck hyper-focusing on the tangible data that we see in front of us and how it's not what we want it to see, then we're not going to open ourselves to the opportunities that actually lie in front of us around Softening them to the intangible aspects of their journey, inviting them into a new type of conversation that isn't based in whether or not they are seeing progress, isn't based in whether or not they're hitting their macros or eating enough protein or focusing on the bites, looks, and tastes that they're taking and not and not tracking, right? We instead of focusing there, can we instead be looking at where they're being triggered in their lives to deviate and why and what patterns are really causing them to abandon their desires, abandon the goals that they set with you and retreat back to what is familiar, comfortable and safe for them, which is usually reaching for food to cope, reaching for food for comfort, reaching for food to avoid, looking at something, doing something, admitting something, feeling something. What would it be like if your conversation got to live in that area? in tandem with the tangible, in tandem with the physical, and your value was no longer rooted in only whether or not you can create the physical result that they came to you in desire of, but also whether or not you can open them to a whole other aspect of their journey that they didn't even know existed before you. What becomes more certain when you start to lean into this side of coaching is that Even we think that creating a physical result is, is the tangible certain piece, right? Because we can measure it and we can see it happening before our eyes. But the illusion is that it's actually not certain at all. It's, it's completely uncontrollable. You, you have no real power there. All you have in that element is what, you know, the science you've been taught. That's all you have. You can't control whether or not this person's body drops fat that week. You can't control that. But what you can control is actually what we feel is more uncertain. And the illusion is that asking people about their emotional experience and asking people about what's triggering them, asking people to explore with you patterns that are hardwired into their minds, causing them to react to certain circumstances using food, right? To avoid feeling hard feelings, to avoid being in difficult environments with with people who maybe will judge them if they make a different choice or they'll judge themselves if if they don't fit into a certain social group or, or whatever the case may be. I'm just throwing ideas out there. Some of these may land for you, some of them may not resonate and that's okay. But what I'm trying to illustrate is that These conversations on the surface look uncertain, look uncontrollable, look very intangible. But when you really look at it, you have power there. You can guide the conversation there. You can guide them to see things in a new way, to explore what is really true for them and what is the illusion they've been buying into. What are the lies that have been creating this prison that they've been holding themselves captive in for their entire life? that we now have power to help them dissolve. So really quickly, when you begin to look at it this way, you realize that where you've been placing your value inside of the tangible, physical realm of being a coach is actually entirely uncertain and unpredictable. And the area that you've been avoiding because you were never taught how to be a coach there, you were never taught The right questions to ask, or how to ask them, or what to do with the really messy, emotional, chaotic answers you sometimes receive is actually where you hold the most power. It's just that the uncertainty that you feel around how to do that is causing you to retreat back to what's familiar, no different from what your clients are doing. You retreat back to what's familiar because that's what you were taught is the right way. That's what you were taught is what you should be able to control. You deviate back to the science, you deviate back to the formulas, you deviate back to the metrics and the data, and you live in that and you obsess over it and you try and figure out what am I missing? What is the piece that I'm missing that will make this person's body drop fat this week? And so we play with, <laughs> we play with macro and we play with with eliminating certain foods and that's all fine. Like that gets to exist too. That's all a part of it, right? In making someone, in, in helping someone discover the healthiest version of them or the, the version of nutrition that suits their lifestyle the best, that fuels them the best, that makes them feel the best. That's great, that gets to be there. But we're ignoring the conversation around what it is they're actually using food for when they're not eating in an empowered way? What it is that their patterns are actually giving them, keeping them safe, making them feel comfortable, making them feel loved, like they belong, like they're significant, like they're in control, right? What is it that their patterns are actually giving them? And then two, how can we merge those two worlds now? So instead of judging ourselves for not having the right questions, we need to instead instead look at what are the questions we're asking and why. I think the reason why we think so often that we are asking the wrong questions or our clients are resistant to answering our questions or we struggle to create breakthroughs through asking questions is because we're still living in the tangible physical world and trying to ask questions to figure out what we're missing externally, when really the questions we need to be asking is to better understand their internal world. We can see what their physical body is doing, how it's responding, but what we can't see and measure is how they're feeling about that or what they're thinking about that or how they're feeling when they're getting triggered, or what's triggering them and why? And what is that pattern that's causing them to fall into an unconscious default state where they're automatically reaching for food to make them feel a certain way? Those are the questions we need to be asking. But the reason why we're always blocked to accessing that is because before you can get curious, which is, a requirement in order to ask questions. If you if you don't know how to get curious about something, you can't ask a question about it because a question is just allowing you to be curious, right? It's the vehicle we use for curiosity is asking questions. So if, if, if we don't understand what's going on with our clients' minds, if we don't understand that patterns are a thing or that triggers are a thing or that emotions are causing them to behave in a certain way in avoidance of or in a way to cope, with how we're feeling, then we can't get curious about it. We can't get curious about something we have no concept of. So we need a certain level of understanding that this is actually happening before curiosity can even be in the room. And in order for questions to now enter into the conversation that curiosity needs to be there. So it makes sense that we feel like the questions we're asking aren't landing because we're asking questions in the physical world. We're asking them questions like, well, did you track this or did you miss that? Or what did you, what did you track when you ate out for dinner that week? We're trying to fix what we tangibly see. We're trying to justify it. We're trying to create, make sense of it. We're trying to, we're trying to understand the wrong thing. We're trying to understand what physically, tangibly happened, behaviorally happened versus what happened emotionally and mentally. And when you can make that distinction, the types of questions you're asking just naturally change. So instead of asking what were the decisions you made and how did you do this and and what happened over here, we can start asking, okay, this happened, but how did we feel the moment before that happened? And what were the thoughts that we were having the moment before that happened? And helping them to see that, oh, you actually have little red flags popping up when you're getting triggered that we can start to play with. You're having mental and emotional reactions to the environments that you're in, to the circumstances you are in, to the contexts of your life that are causing you to behave in a certain way. We've been focusing on behavior, not realizing that emotion and and thought processes, these patterns that are ingrained in us are actually controlling our behavior. And I don't need to know necessarily anymore about what we see happening behaviorally. What I need to know is what's happening internally. And it's not that you need to know how to fix that. I need to be very clear. We're not asking questions to fix it. We're asking questions to co-create a new path forward from that place of awareness. We're asking questions to elevate their understanding of themselves, to invite in normalcy, to invite in compassion, to invite in a conversation where now, instead of everything that's not working, being a problem, there's, there's a link back to our mental and emotional states that we get to now explore and discover new layers of ourselves through. So it's just really interesting to, to feel so stuck in one area and be completely unconscious to the fact that there's this whole other area that you get to exist in as a coach. And I really challenge you to begin playing with that. You don't need to know the perfect questions to ask. You don't need to know the exact right thing to say when someone brings up something emotional. You don't need to fix it. You don't need to make it better. In fact, when, when you were asking questions about what are they thinking and what are they feeling and like, let's better understand what's causing the behavior. The worst thing you can do is try and make that emotion go away. When they express that things are feeling heavy and and triggering and painful, the worst thing you can do is try and smooth that out and make it go away because that's robbing them of their breakthrough. Being triggered needs to happen with you in a live setting in order for breakthrough to be in the room. If we aren't creating an emotional response in your client in session, if they aren't connecting emotionally to what it is you're guiding them through, breakthrough isn't possible. Breakthrough comes from an emotional or a psychological realization. It comes from a shift internally. It doesn't come from changing anything externally. It comes from within. So in order for breakthrough to be possible, we have to get really comfortable living inside of someone's emotional experience of what they're going through of holding them in that and, and not needing to escape it yourself. I think so often when we invite in an emotional conversation, we have an innate reaction to escape. We like want to run, we want to bolt for the Hills, right? Because it's hard. A lot of the time, the emotional responses our clients are having are actually going to trigger something in us. They're going to trigger us to feel emotionally heavy And that doesn't mean that anything is wrong. It just means that you have a similar wound to your client. It just means that there's something in you that you've rejected, that you are being invited now to look at because your client has shone a light on that in you. So if your client is having a reaction, an emotional reaction, a a psychological reaction, something is happening in session that feels uncomfortable for you, that's an invitation for you to see that that is just something that you get to look at later. What was it that they were triggering you? What was it that you were in avoidance of? What what is it about you that you've rejected long ago that now you get to look at? Right? And in that moment, holding that compassion, seeing the fact that you are very similar to your client allows you to soften, allows you to open up bigger space and hold them in that instead of judging it and shutting it down or trying to fix it or run away from it. This creates more conviction in you. This creates more compassion in you. This this opens your capacity to hold your clients in a completely different way. Now, the bridge that you need to build is why we're having these conversations. If your clients are used to you talking with them about the physical stuff, (laughs) about their behaviors and what they're tracking and refining their strategies over here and all of that, we need to create normalcy for them the emotional mental conversations you're about to have with them. We need to share with them why we need to help them see that it's great that we're looking at your behaviors, but do you know what creates your behaviors, your thoughts and your emotions? And we haven't been looking at that. And I think that if we did, we would uncover a lot of really important information about who you are and why you behave the way you behave and how a lot of this is actually unconscious and how we do have power here. We do have the ability to control this. We do have the ability to shift this and and dissolve old patterns and reintroduce new ones. But we can't do that only looking at the outcome. The behavior is the outcome. The behavior is the symptom of what they're mentally and emotionally moving through. It's the thing we see. It's it's the result of feeling something and thinking something is the behavior that results. We can't change their patterns by only focusing on their behavior. And they need to see that. And when they see that, They'll be open to having these conversations with you and answering the hard questions and swimming around in the mess a little bit. And it is going to be messy. You're not always going to know what question to ask. You're not always going to know where to take the conversation. And that's okay. That takes time and practice. And I have a free resource you can download to help you get started in this. It's called Power Questions. I'll link it in the show notes of this episode so that you can grab it if you want a starting point. There's a few different scenarios I outline in this freebie where it's some of the most common coaching blocks we come up against and some question prompts that I offer you to guide the conversation in a really flowy way. To be clear, it's not a script. Okay. I don't want you to be scripted. I want you to feel free to play and explore and get curious in your own unique way, but it is going to offer you some bumper pads to keep you focused on what it is you're actually trying to discover by asking questions because that's the last piece of this. We can't just ask questions to ask questions and hope a breakthrough will happen. We need to know where we're guiding them. We need to know what the point of our question is. When we ask them something, we're kind of just usually hoping that something will emerge that we can work with. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes we ask a question and they have a light bulb moment and it ends up taking on a life of its own and it guides the conversation in a really useful way. But a lot of the time, we aren't asking the right questions because we simply just don't understand where we're trying to guide them to. So power questions is gonna allow you to be able to guide them in a completely different way. The thing is, is we can't always know the outcome we're trying to get them to before we start asking questions. A lot of the time, the path will emerge as you begin entering into these conversations in a deeper way. So it's most important for you to understand and know that where we start is always a better understanding of their mental and emotional experience the moment they got triggered. Because the trigger is causing the cascade of patterns to emerge and causing them to deviate from their plan or not be consistent or have an an experience that's causing them to unconsciously sabotage which is fine. That's all very human and normal. But if we don't understand what's happening in the moment that this is taking place, we can't do anything about it. We can't help them navigate it. Okay. So my invitation for you is to begin shifting your conversation over into the intangibles and recognizing the power that you really do hold there. The ability to work with intangibles is actually more predictable than trying to make a body drop body fat. Like you have no power there. You have power in your ability to hold uncomfortable space. You have power in your ability to be vulnerable with your clients. You have power in your ability to make them feel safe to explore on a deeper level with you. You have power there. It's just hard. (laughs) It's hard and it's not taught, which makes it feel uncertain. And I guess there is some degree of uncertainty. You never really know what the client's going to say or what they're going to think, but that's really just your own fear of what you're going to say or what you're going to think that you're projecting onto them. So can you see that as well? If you're afraid that your client's going to judge you for asking these woo-woo-y questions, can you see yourself judging yourself for asking them? And can we be with ourselves in that instead and recognize that, That was just you placing your own self-judgment on them to make it more acceptable, to normalize it for yourself, to make it okay that that's there. And can we own it instead and look at where we're holding ourselves back from going there because we're afraid because there's a rejected piece of ourselves that is trying to come back online, that we're not letting. I can't wait for you to play with this. I can't wait for you to discover this new layer of yourself and just know that you don't have to have it all figured out to start. If you need more strategies, if you need more clarity around what's going on in your client's minds, I have so many podcast episodes on that. Go dig some of those up. That's a beautiful place to begin. Beyond that, I have some workshops on it that are very hyper-specific on key elements of this process. And beyond that, I have a membership for you called The Secret Garden, where you get access to everything, plus a ton of support and feedback from me and And my garden guides in there to help you really learn this, integrate it, put it into practice and create a very unique client experience through that. So there's many layers to being able to learn what's really going on mentally for your clients, emotionally for your clients and how you have power to work with them in that way. But before any of that matters, we need you to recognize that your value lies over there that your control lies over there, that your certainty lies over there. It's just uncomfortable to make that switch. It's uncomfortable to begin including it and to learn dialogue around it, but that's okay. Like, being uncomfortable is great. That means change is occurring. That means breakthroughs in the room. That means evolution is about to happen. And all of that is what you want. It just doesn't feel good when it happens, but that doesn't mean that it's not what's meant for you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed what you heard and you want more, I'd love if you'd subscribe to my show wherever you get your podcasts. Good karma points for also leaving a review while you're at it. And lastly, if you're looking to dive even deeper, you'll find a ton of free workshops, mini trainings, and the details on my mentorship program, Trigger Mapping, over at laurapobren.com. See you next time.